Welcome to the Wanderer's Guide to Cosmic Fabulosity. This is the podcast where we look at serious personal development topics with a lighter lens. And today we are looking at clutter with a clutter expert, an absolutely fabulous guest, Connie Graff. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Connie is a Swiss certified expert in finance and accounting, a certified clutter clearing practitioner, and an astrologer. She helps business owners create supportive, clutter-free environments in their home, office, files, and finances, but more importantly, she helps them develop intentional habits, systems, and processes that prevent clutter from creeping back in, so they are freed to focus on serving their clients and making the money and impact they want. In Connie's own words, she says that clearing our clutter is not just about purging and organizing, it's about exploring and releasing the limiting beliefs we tell ourselves and the stories and suppressed emotions that keep us stuck in the past. It is a transformational journey and brings us up to date with who we are and where we are heading in life and business while being organized is simply a welcome side effect. In that sense, clearing our clutter is self-love. This is going to be a really great episode. I hope you'll stay with us. Align with your best self. Explore the quality of your being. Step into your capacity to thrive. Broadcasting from the northwest coast of Scotland... This is the Wanderer's Guide to Cosmic Fabulosity with D.W. Long. Connie Graff, welcome to the Wanderer's Guide to Cosmic Fabulosity. I am hugely excited to have you here. Well, I'm hugely excited to be here, Dan. Thank you so much. It's an honor. So I have given a little intro at the beginning of this, telling a little bit about you, but could you give the listeners an idea in your own words about what you bring to your work and the consciousness and all the contribution that you do? Yes. So um, I look at clutter and what we surround ourselves with as it either supports us or it sabotages us, no? And so this is... um, So when I grew up, I had this feeling very early on that the environment affects me. And so now when when I talk about clutter with environment, I'm not just meaning the physical environment, but I'm also meaning like the mental environment. You know all about that, what our crazy brain tries to tell us constantly, the emotional environment, the social environment becomes um, important too. It's like what what dogmas and and beliefs we have and and all that and um the digital environment becomes more and more important and and we can go into the spiritual um, environment so this all has an effect on us and what often happens is that um we're not intentional with what we're surrounding ourselves with and then the things and thoughts and beliefs that we do have in our life, they run us instead of <laughs> we running them. And so that's kind of what I bring. So what? Um, so I have a very much broader perspective of clutter than a lot of people first with clutter associate with. So it's not just the things you trip over when you get into your house. It's uh, so much more. But then also I kind of... Um, 
I, I talk about is like we all have clutter. So this is maybe where, where we can start, start. I say, I always say like we all have clutter. Even I do, while I may not have a lot of physical clutter, I have a lot of mental clutter that I'm constantly <laughs> working on. Um, and so I always say like we all have clutter. We're just like on a spiral. Some people are, are, are here and others are further up. Or, or and, and with up and down, I don't mean this... Um, in a qualitative um, sense, it's more like we're all on different journey on it. Um, and I try to bring awareness to it and just look how it f makes you feel the environment. And if, if you're overwhelmed a lot, if you're stressed out a lot, if you're frazzled a lot, if you're distracted a lot, then maybe it has something to do with your environment. So, and that's what I help people with. Oh, that is, I love it. Okay, so here's the question for you because when people come to you and they say, you know, I have this um, bit of a chaotic experience in my life and I am not certain about if this is mostly mental clutter or mostly physical clutter or is it the marriage of those two things, how do you help them assess for where to find balance in all of that to see where the biggest pull is? Like, how, how do you start? Well, I could I could make a bold statement, which is not 100% always true, but I always say like everything starts with the mental clutter, no? Like the reason why we're having physical clutter around us is because we didn't make decisions. Like I always say like clutter is unmade decisions. It's like because of our mental clutter, we still have all these physical items in our life for example, that actually have nothing to do with what we're doing right now in our life. So you know, like how we evolve in life and, and things come and go, or that would be the ideal, things come and go. We have interests and we lose interest or we're going past it, we grow past it maybe. And a lot, what happens a lot is like, because maybe people spend money, a lot of money on it or whatever, they feel like, oh, I can't let it go. So it stays in their life. And in my eyes, this starts in the head. It starts mm. with us being stuck in the head. And that's why then the physical clutter manifests. So, ah. you know, like another thing I'm saying is like as within, so without, you know, it's like if you if you're kind of staying stuck in your head and think you need to hold on to these old things instead of letting them go to move on, they manifest on the outside, you know? Mm. So that's how then the clutter starts. And so when somebody comes to me and, and struggles with clutter, I actually always go to the mental clutter first. That said, Oh, it's very individual. So if I feel like somebody is not ready to deal with the mental clutter, we can also start with the physical clutter because as I said, as within, so without. So it works the other way around too. Sometimes if we start moving things, physical things on the outside, start clearing physical things away, the mental clutter starts to move too. Ah, beautiful. But but it does start in the head. <laughs> mm, okay, <laughs> so I get much. it. I mean, yeah, you know me, you know, with the psychotherapy and the coaching and the yada yada, um, the whole idea of clutter being in the mind. Have you discovered in your work that the clutter that's in the mind that happens that then manifests on the outside is tied to maybe old beliefs or yeah. does it c occur out of something new that somebody discovers about their way of being in the world? Like what have you seen most of in people, if you can recall that yeah well i think it's it's for sure both but but uh, so much is from old beliefs and and how the environment 
like was how they grew up and like um like and and not to blame it on parents or anything it's just they did their best whatever they knew you know but the way you grew up uh and you know that way better than me but we're very moldable when we're young so that's that's what then is so ingrained in us and then we grow up and we're adults but we're still acting and, and believing certain things that are outdated and and we're also not taught to to kind of like letting go of those things and so yeah a lot of that comes with that um it, it also a lot of it comes because we're not again because we're not taught we're not um we are taught how to buy things like if we want to talk about the physical things but we're not taught anywhere how to let them go again you know when they did their when they when they fulfilled their their um mission in our life if we want to talk about that we are not taught how to let them go like nobody tell, tells us how to do that the advertising tells us constantly oh buy more buy more buy more but nothing tells us and also when we grow up nothing tells us how to let go if our parents weren't aware um that that it is about letting go then um we don't learn it consciously mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. it might be always dramatic yeah yeah and i imagine there's um you know I, i i'm often looking at the idea of loss that comes with uncertainty yeah and so i imagine when someone comes to you they have this this i don't know moment about how are they going to declutter both their their mind and their space and the way of being in the world and so do you find that when people begin to declutter both their mind and their physical spaces in order to get into this whole thrive thing, that there is a sense of loss sometimes? Because we become accustomed to our old habits, you know? Um, I know that it's really easy with a core belief to kind of hang on to that for such a long time that even if it isn't true, our whole being is like, this is true about me and the way I am in the world. And then someone like you comes in and says, well, hang on, let's pick this apart. Um, and then they discover that maybe that isn't true. Do you find that people have a, a grief process or a loss process whilst decluttering? Yeah, totally. Um, I actually had a client who said to me that she is so scared to start decluttering because she feels she's going to lose herself you know mm. and this is where also where it's kind of like a, a contradiction comes in for a lot of people like when i say decluttering is a journey that's another thing that i say it's like it's not a one-time event it's not something you do like on these shows in two three hours and then and then you're decluttered doesn't mm. work that way i sometimes question whether these people who get who get on these shows and get their house decluttered by somebody whether they don't have a trauma afterwards or i mean there there is some kind of an effect that comes afterwards and so this is why i'm saying like if we're going slow and gentle and intentional and we are aware of the grief process then we can move ahead but all in life is um is like you can get philosophical now and say yesterday is gone forever i mean mm. there's a grief process with that too mm -hmm. but if we're not conscious and if we're just pushing it away and 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 then we're creating emotional clutter in my eyes no you're just pushing it away and you don't want to know or all this oh i was young once i mean i look in the mirror this morning i'm like oh my god the rings under my eyes i look terrible <laughs> you know and then you think like oh, okay well 20 years ago i didn't look that old but of course not so um, 
it it is the na- um, it is natural let's say like that it's natural to to grieve what was but we have to make the future so exciting that that it still pulls us forward because that's all there is no in the end so it is when you were talking about setting intention earlier and then just now and mm-hmm. you're looking at the future and then imagining mm-hmm. and and it being luminous is there an intention setting process to that in order for someone to move into that forward momentum rather than being hung up in the in the clutter and the grieving of well, what I'm losing now does it take intention to do that and if so how do you set that up with somebody who has fear <laughs> Yes. Well, so to me, totally. I mean, if you, we can't just like start decluttering somewhere if we don't know kind of like what we're doing it for or or, or why or whatever. Mm. So to me, yes, of course, you kind of need, you need clarity somehow. How do you get clarity? So that's kind of what I help people walk through too. It's like we're looking, what stage of your life are you in? Because it depending on what stage of life we are, we have different needs possibly mm. for the physical environment also for the mental environment my somebody who has small kids is in a completely different mental um, space than somebody who's an empty nester for example just to to take these two examples so we're going and looking okay what kind of um, stage of life are you in and then what you want to build and then from there we can we can figure out um, how the physical mental and social you know social which what people you surround yourself with what what experiences you're gonna have Mm. what they ideally would look like and then and i have another saying like i do love tours first so then we focus on okay what is already working and then it it's kind of a little bit easier not easy but easier to identify what has to go and then being aware that when you're working intentionally going towards something that of course you have to let go of things and that will bring maybe grief Mm -hmm. sometimes it's not as intense as grief sometimes it's just kind of like a a sense of sadness that this this time of life is over for example if we want to stay with the empty nesters and the people with children that's what often happens um that they they kind of feel a sadness of um that that time is gone where the kids were home and now the home is empty but now it's it's also an an opportunity to to do something different and instead Mm. of focusing on on what is gone we're trying to focus on where we're going and that needs intention and and then you can if somebody is open to it, you can start with rituals. And because intention setting in my eyes is also not just something you do once and then it's done. And then now life is going to unfold. No, you right. kind of have to remind yourself. So I'm, I'm a little um, uh, special. I do intention setting by the moon. So every new moon, I set my intentions, mm. but I also make sure that they are um, present in my daily thing and not like crazy um whatever but i'm just trying to be present um or keep them present that's the right uh, way to say it what is my intention um which makes gives clarity and direction which we all kind of 
um, crave often in life, no? And we can create that for ourselves. We don't need anybody outside to tell us what to do. We can create it, but we never, we never really taught that. So, right, no, your answer to your question. That's a great. <laughs> it's beautiful. I am loving every second of this. Okay, so here's the thing I'm curious about now because um, I'm sure that there are listeners going, "Ooh, love the word ritual." Like. Right, you're talking about intention, and it can't be like, oh, I make this one list, and I put a post-it note on my bathroom mirror, and there's my intention-setting list, all done and dusted. Right? Can't be like that. Right? There's kind of movement in the intention setting because things shift. So when it comes to ritual, because you talk about doing rituals on moon cycles, if somebody said, okay, I'm a beginner, I need to sort of figure out how ritual might activate parts of my brain and parts of my spirit to really be in this shift that I'm looking to create. What might you say might be a beginning ritual practice that somebody could engage that they could really feel good about that feels, you know, like it's propelling them forward? Like, what would you suggest if, I, if Dan said, I don't even know where to begin. How should I start, Connie? Yeah, so, well... I would say find, find, like, I, I like the kind of, well, we all said resolutions at the beginning of the year or all, like, even those people who don't kind of <laughs> set themselves, <laughs> like, they don't admit it, but they kind right. of still do. We all do. That's human. Yes. Um, so you have a yearly one, but again, that doesn't help. Then, then we kind of want to double down and have maybe monthly ones, but then we also may want to have daily ones. So, um... If somebody wants to start, I, and this is not right or wrong because it, it's so individual. So I would probably talk with you then. Okay. So then do you have during the month, do you have a special day? Is a day feeling special to you? Like it's the first of a month special for you, or maybe it's the 15th because it's the middle of the month special to you. Which day is special to me? It's the new moon day. But to you, it could be the first, it could be the, 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 the third, because that's your birthday uh, somewhere in, in another month or whatever. So what is a special day in the month? And then take that special day and start small. So rituals sometimes can be intimidating too. They don't have to be this grander. They can become that. But it, I feel also they're very personal. So you can maybe take inspiration from somebody, but you can't just... Um, decide that oh this is the right kind of ritual and so now i have to do this so um again for me because i do it by the moon so then and it's not every month the same either so it all depends how i feel too but sometimes i figure out okay the moon is right now in a fire sign so i want to have a candle that's kind of how i feel then but maybe not you know or so you just figure out for yourself what would make something a special moment what small thing could you do for some people it's lighting candles for others it's going and sitting under a tree for others it might be putting nice music on it depends who you are so then you do that and you're just becoming maybe still and think okay so what is if we do it for, for the month what, so what is uh, what i want to put my intention to this month and you just become intentional and it doesn't have to be these grander things of um oh i'm gonna declutter the whole bedroom or whatever it can just be i want to become more aware how the environment makes me feel and every day from now on i'm gonna check in for five minutes and see how my environment makes me feel and and you you kind of put intentions like this in place and start living a little bit less on autopilot and a little bit more 
intentional. And again, intentional can mean so much for some people. It means this huge thing that they're put blinders on. Or for others, it could just be a tiny thing that they want to change every day. And um, I bet if you start becoming more aware how your environment makes you feel, um, your physical environment, for example, if we want to stay with the bedroom, how does my bedroom make me feel when I come at night? Uh, and, and want to rest or when I wake up in the morning and the first thing I see is my bedroom. Um, if you become more aware, there is something's going to start moving in your life. And then maybe you start like uh, the ultimate goal is, of course, you're starting to take action. You're not just staying in your head, being aware you start taking action. But um, I like the idea of, of being intentional because then you have a direction no, and it's easier to identify what needs to go maybe yeah yeah okay so i hear you on that what i love that you're advocating for which i am constantly doing in my work is being gentle right uh and and that's really hard for me because i (laughs) used to be one to be like okay we're gonna take over the world today yes Mm -hmm. (laughs) instead of like um maybe could i just notice my breathing today so that i'd be a little less anxious as i notice my breathing right so i love how you're advocating for small steps that small is even a judgmental word because people go well is that enough right yeah a step that we can that we can feel our way into which i'm hearing you say in my head it feels gentle do you Mm -hmm. think that's a key in any way to succeeding in some of this i don't want to be solution focused here but you know does a gentle quality get us into forward momentum better than a driven kind of like gotta do mindset what do you think about that i'm curious about your opinion yeah so i think it needs both but one of the reasons why i have such an emphasis on it is because i was the queen of being hard on myself and Mm. i probably still am the queen just in more subtle ways on being hard (laughs) on myself and so totally so like if we think of um if if we think of a little child does it motivate the child to do something if we're explaining it to the child and making it um, being gentle to them or does it help when we worst case scenario beat them up or whatever so Mm -hmm. but that's what we're doing with ourselves no like (laughs) I mean I was like I said I was the queen of beating myself up and beating myself forward now what the the, um, it totally needs more we need more kindness with ourselves and we need to be gentle with ourselves because all we're creating is just more mental clutter no like if we start beating ourselves up that's all mental clutter it's all unnecessary it doesn't get us anywhere the more we beat ourselves up mentally the less we're we're probably going to do anything because it's anyways all for nothing and doesn't help (laughs) i'm doomed and everyone else can do it uh, but i can't um so more kindness for sure um some people then tend to become too kind and don't do anything. So I noticed that too in my work. So that we're then just misunderstanding and kind of saying like, oh, if I'm kind with myself, then I can just stay all day on the sofa, eat chips and watch TV and that's and, and be kind about it to myself. Well, yes, that could happen here and there. But in general, like you want to just have a direction and be kind to yourself going towards the direction more in a kind of like that quote comes to mind um courage is not always 
Um, oh, I butcher it. Courage is not always roaring. It's also sometimes just a small voice who is kind to ourselves and says, I try again tomorrow. So that, that kind of sense of being kind to yourself, not being like, okay, you can just do whatever you want. And if you want to sit on the sofa all day, then you do that. But more like, okay, how, how could I move forward in a kind way? How can I get myself... Um, moving in the direction I want it because our brain um, is so great in sabotaging us no like with one part of the green brain we have these visions and, and and goals and the other part of the brain tells us oh but it's so much nicer to just sit on the sofa and do nothing <laughs> you know yeah. and then which one wins you know and so this is where the beating up comes in no and then then we start beating ourselves up and if we can be kinder to ourselves I think that is key to move forward because when I start working with people, what I hear a lot then is, oh, I could just can't do that. And oh, no. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm just mm. um, I'm just unorganized person. I always was. My mother always told me so. Oh. Well, my mother always told me, too, that I'm freaking chaotic kid and, and unorganized. Now, mm -hmm. when I look back, actually, that is not true. <laughs> and so um, this is all this mental clutter that has to go um in a kind way so again it doesn't help because if we're beating ourselves up for beating ourselves up <laughs> it's for sure not gonna help either yeah i get it you know um i love that you're talking about kindness when it comes to finding the pathway to kindness in times like these and i don't want to sound fatalistic but it is a tough moment we're all looking at right now do you have and i hate to use the word advice because i've never loved the word advice but does connie graf have advice for tapping into our sense of kindness with regard to turning it towards ourselves if we're finding it difficult to do that so how to be kind with ourselves or how yeah. to be kind with yeah yeah huh. i i wonder whether so um it's really devastating what's going on right now um very very devastating I don't know whether what's on the outside has so much to do with how we are kind to ourselves. I don't mm -hmm. know. Um, like, even if the world would be all rainbow and daisies, mm -hmm. I wonder whether our brain would not still try to be unkind to us. Totally so, agree. Um, so just, I wanted to say that. Um, I think it's a practice to be kind. You have to be intentional. Uh, <laughs> sorry. I love it. I love it. You have it. to be intentional. So um, if you find yourself right now being stressed out by whatever is going on, being kind to yourself might be to turn the TV off, you know, <sighs> to, to maybe not go on social media or... I mean, this is this is also something where where like digital clutter is a thing, you know, which cr creates a lot of uh, havoc in our life, mm. or being intentional where we're going, mm -hmm. you know, it's like we're I, I'm very intentional with my social media feeds. Um, you have opportunities to unfollow. You have opportunities to tell this, the platform, I don't want to see this. Mm -hmm. um, you can, and, and it's not an instant change, but it's over time, your, your feed starts to become 
more positive no so you may have to be intentional and that is not to ignore what's going on in the world we i still know what's going on in the world mm -hmm. but it doesn't help anybody and for sure not me to obsess about it and so to be kind to myself might be to give myself five ten minutes a day to figure out um what's going on in the world mm -hmm. how it affects and and then i mean the only um thing then we have to think is okay and how can i now make a difference and of course we can't go to these poor people who right now um suffer from the aggression of other people but what we can do is in our own life um prevent us from suffering from aggression towards us and our environment um from suffering from our aggression because we're stressed and then we're lashing out no and so this is where it comes in that you have to change your own little garden first before before anything starts to change out in the world and and it's from a sense of you know then i also say often like decluttering is self-love it's about what does feel better to me and that it doesn't make a difference to the people who suffer if i focus on it for 10 hours a day with the TV on, mm -hmm. it just makes me suffer more. So in the end, there's more suffering in the world, no? So if we want to reduce the suffering, we have to start with us, reduce our suffering, and then from a place of more love, go out and spread the love. You're listening to The Wanderer's Guide to Cosmic Fabulosity. If, like me, you're enjoying what DW has to say, go ahead and hit the subscribe button to keep up with future content. You have just made a huge contribution to the people who are listening to this, so thank you for that. You know, there's a I'm on TikTok, and um, and there's a young woman I follow, and her TikTok name is a Better Jones, and she's just recently was talking about this, a similar thing to what you're saying. Um, how do we enrich our own being by who we choose to be around, what we choose to bring in, just like the food we choose to eat, mm -hmm. with our social media, with the news, mm -hmm. and then does that impact us in a way where it once we are filled with a kind of luminous quality of being kind to ourselves this is a question i have is it almost like a buffer to the harsh realities of the world so that we can then be even more our best self in the face of that yeah that's a question i have like can we do that for ourselves that then we can bring that in spite of all of the ugly we're looking at do you have an opinion about that yeah, I have an opinion. I have no no truth around it or I can't prove anything, but I have an opinion around it and I think totally yes, it is. You know, then I'm I'm I had to learn this the hard way because I'm kind of an empath, so I take on all this mm. these energies really easily and and then sometimes I can't even decide whether I am upset or whether just the world is upset it's like um so yes it is a buffer the, the, the kindness is a buffer for us but um so I'm also a student of astrology and one of the things that the one um German astrologer who I follow always says is like by being kind to ourselves and by then radiating more kindness or love or however you want to call it we're also raising the vibration so if we're not starting with us who does start you know how do we get um more kindness in the world. We can't just sit here, be harsh judges and say there needs to be more more kindness in the world. You know, like 
Um, yeah. How about you start with yourself and 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 everything we do, we say, and has a ripple effect. No, it's like, however, and and you know, like. I'm not a saint, so I'm not like 24 hours and seven days a week in this state. <laughs> and I'm always completely aware what I'm saying and I'm never getting angry and I'm never saying a word that I shouldn't say or eat. No, but like the more I'm trying, the more I'm probably doing it more kind, kindly mm -hmm. and have more kindness rather than when I'm just reacting and it also feels like uh, like when we want to talk about all the uncertainty that you mentioned earlier or all this crazy stuff that's going on in the last two years and now it almost feels like it gets crazier instead of better the only thing we have control over is our little world here mm -hmm. you know and mm -hmm. and we have to start here again and so yeah kindness is for sure a buffer but it, it's so much more because it helps. It, it has a ripple effect out into the world. And I do believe that the more kind thoughts we have, they go into the universe or the cosmos or the collective consciousness or mm -hmm. whatever we want to call it. It goes there and it adds to the kindness that come from other people. And the more kindness we're sending there, the more kindness there is. And and you know like there is always light and there is always dark no that is the duality that we deal with here on earth uh, to um day and night black and white it, there is always the 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 darker parts in us around us in the world right. but we can focus on the light oh, yeah oh gosh i sound like a philosopher <laughs> it, it's absolutely fantastic so <laughs> So it's leading me to think of another um, question for you that, that I think, you know, because we're looking at this idea of decluttering, yes, mm -hmm. and how that, you know, I hear it in it through the, the filter that goes in my brain, you know, this is going to bring more balance to my being in the world, yes, mm -hmm. and you're talking, you're speaking so beautifully about kindness. Mm -hmm. Would you say that that plays an active role in decluttering? Because in some way, that's a loving act toward ourselves in order to be more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I, I say decluttering is self-love. So that's the short version. And then yes. I can talk about that probably for three hours, mm. how it is self-love. And with self-love, I don't mean egoistic, selfish uh, love. Mm -hmm. I come first and everybody else is not important. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is like, okay, how does the environment affect me? If, my, if we want to go back to literally like the bedroom or the living room or the office, like because I come, it all kind of started in the office too. It's like when I'm in a cluttered office, if I have piles and piles everywhere, um, how does that make me feel? There is scientific proof now, like it may all sound so woo-woo and lofty and philosophical, but there is scientific proof now. They they measure the brain waves. So if you are in a cluttered room, your brain has to work double time. It has to, the brain to begin with has to filter out a lot. Like we couldn't handle with all the impressions just on a regular day or in a regular room, our brain, um, our brain couldn't, um, or we as a human being couldn't handle all the input that would come. So the brain 
filters out a lot. And you he hear about that, like when somebody says, oh, I want to buy this and this car. And all of a sudden you always see this car because that's your brain <laughs> filtering out all the other cars and you only see that car all the time. Right. So, but that's what the brain always does. And they can, they, they do all these studies on it. And so when, when you're in a very cluttered room or house or office, your brain has to even more filter all, out all this stuff, which uses up a lot of energy that we could use otherwise. For example, if you wanted to move forward in your business and you needed to be clear and focused and, and productive to want to use that crazy word that right. people <laughs> misuse too. Um, then of course, if we're having a supportive, and I always talk about a supportive one, I'm not necessarily talking about a clean one or a minimalistic one or whatever. I'm talking more about a supportive one. Do I have everything at my fingertip in a way that helps me to do what I want to do? Like you can talk about, like, I don't know whether you're a cook, but when you're in the kitchen, do I have to run from one end to the kitchen to the other to get a spatula or is the spatula where it needs to be when I need it at the stove, something mm -hmm. along that line, no? Right. And so this is where self-love come in because if the environment isn't supportive, we start to have to work harder and work like either with the brain or physical work. And we and and the brain tires out quicker, so we're not able to do as much as we could, and then we start beating ourselves up. So it has a whole um, thing behind it, mm. and um, so that is not very kind. Being kind to ourselves, no, um, to have all this stuff. So, for example, people who procrastinate a lot in business or or have trouble keeping their um, office decluttered, they often have a lot of problems with paper clutter so they have these piles of papers everywhere and trust me i have a little pile too over here but i mean it's um manageable but i see people they have piles and piles and piles and then they say oh i know where everything is and i'm like do you <laughs> and and the other thing is too is like what are all these piles have to do with what you right now want to accomplish in your business we're going back to being intentional like mm -hmm. what do i want to accomplish right now in my business i want to do this project for example well all these paper piles what do they have to do with it why are they sitting in your view because your brain gets then constantly whether you're aware of it or not, unconsciously, and that's also scientifically proven, just for people who, who think I'm speaking woo-woo, it's scientifically proven, your brain gets pulled over there and your brain knows, like they said, I know where everything is in there. Well, they know that they're in there is a tax return that they still have to fill out and it's overdue and it's over there. How do you think you concentrate fully onto your... Um, mm -hmm onto your project when you're having this in your view mm. um so this is where self-love comes in just to also make the surroundings no matter what surrounding mental social physical in a way that supports you and gets you to flow or mm. flow it sounds also very lofty and and it's not always possible but just that you're supported in what you want to do yeah. Oh my gosh, I love that. Now, if there's any juicy morsel to take away from this talk, it's that. The idea that the the brain, and I'm such a neuro geek, so this is why I get all excited about it when you said it. Yeah, I know you are. So here you are saying, like, look at when there's more clutter in a space, the brain is having to work more to filter it out in order to get the focus on the thing that's actually part of our contribution or what we need to be doing. And yeah. if anybody is listening to this, take that. 
from it, yeah? Why are we leaking energy in a place that doesn't need to be leaked when we can streamline, right? Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, and, and, and you know, we're talking about the world events. They leak in already. Like, we can't just, mm. uh, often can't just completely filter them out. Then we have social media. People are living with their phone. The phone is constantly dinging. I mean, I notice myself, I'm watching something, maybe I watch a documentary, and all of a sudden I notice I have the phone in my hand and I'm scrolling also on Instagram. Why the heck am I doing this? You know, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> so, so and because then I'm not focusing on the movie or, or the documentary, and I'm not focusing on, on whatever I'm seeing on Instagram. So it's not very... Um, loving to yourself to to challenge your brain with all this that it can't handle like mm -hmm. the, the 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 thought that we can be um multitasking this way um is crazy because you notice you're not paying attention 100 here and you're not paying attention 100 there now we could say there is anyways no 100% focusing or, or paying attention. No, because right. our brain is always, there's always like, I don't know, maybe I'm weird, but in my brain, there is always something going on. Yeah, it's, There is rare moments where the brain is quiet and I'm really focused. Um, but but that doesn't that shouldn't keep us. And I don't like the word should so much, but here it, it applies. That shouldn't um, give us permission to just let everything run wild mm. and think oh well i'm never 100 percent focused anyway so who, who cares you know right. so no whatever you have in your control um you can create your environment in a way that supports you and again that is self-love and kindness to yourself mm. okay um, beautiful so I could talk to you. We could do like a nine-hour podcast, and it would just yeah, be great. Yeah, we could. Yes, yes. Why don't we do that? We, we maybe <laughs> end up in the book of records or something. <laughs> probably <laughs> not. They probably did it way longer. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we just have to top that then, wouldn't we? Nine days or something. <laughs> yes, yes. So um, as we're winding to a close of this episode, and I would love to have you on again at some point if you can do that sure. because uh, you have just sparked so many more questions for me. But I'd love it if you leave the listeners with, if you have a juicy morsel for them, something they can take away today with regard to everything we've been looking at or even something new that you'd like to make sure people hear, what would that be? Hmm. <laughs> well... It, it, it's it's hard to it's just one thing but i think this this thought of of looking after yourself better no like the mm. the, the part of the self-love although it sounds very lofty but self-love can be um again to make sure that your bedroom is calm so you actually can sleep no mm -hmm. um so just start start maybe with a with a um a habit or a ritual or a practice or whatever word speaks to you doesn't matter but just something consistently and ideally daily or maybe even in the beginning more more than once a day quickly check in like you would say am i breathing you know like you can even combine that with am i breathing or or breathe for a minute really deeply and then okay how does the environment make me feel and this doesn't have to be a long thing just how does it make me feel? And you may all of a sudden, maybe not on the first day, but on the third day, you may realize that 
this picture on the wall here drives you nuts. You mm. know? And, and, but Aunt Violet gave it to you, so you have no permission to get rid of it. But maybe mm. you have permission to get rid of it. Or maybe you have at least permission to take it off the wall and put something there that, that lifts you up. So becoming aware how your environment makes you feel, I think that would be the one thing that I would tell people to take away and from there you go to the intention how you start to intentionally create an environment that makes you feel better okay beautiful so connie if people want to either follow you and your fabulous wisdom or work with you connect with you in some way how do they go about doing that um yeah so my website is kind of the hub of everything and i'm in the middle of overhauling it but there is a website there (laughs) it's uh, conniegraf.com so connie with a y c-o-n-n-y g-r-a-f.com that's the hub so from there you find uh, also all my social media um, links if you wanted to follow me on social media first i also have a podcast it's called from chaos to peace with connie where i'll talk a lot about what we just talked about that clutter is not just the physical stuff we trip over but so much more and i have sometimes guests on you were one yes (laughs) Yes. (laughs) um but also have solo episodes and um on my website you also find a link how you could connect with me to figure out whether working together would be a good fit Okay. That is fabulous. It was, it's been an honor to have you here today. And like I said, we could talk for hours and hours and hours. So you're going to have to come back again. Sorry, but that's just the way it is. (laughs) You know, then I love hanging out with you. So gladly come back. It was an honor for me to be invited to your fabulous podcast. And you know how I love the name of your podcast too. So. (laughs) Oh, well, thank you so much. So Connie Graf, again, thank you for being here. Thanks so much. And how about that for a cosmically fabulous interview with Connie Graff? I hope that you enjoyed that as much as I did, my shiny, happy wanderer. So you know how we roll here. I am wishing you much love and light. Until next time. You've been listening to The Wanderer's Guide to Cosmic Fabulosity with D.W. Long. Want to ask a question for a future episode? Click on the link in the show notes to send your question along via D.W.'s website at www.mcscoach.com. 